Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hang on to your balls. It's time for the Horror Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever and talk about them. My name is Luke Condor K, and I'm joined by Mr... Mr. Ben Errington. Mr. Ben Errington, how are you doing? Very well, Luke. How the devil are you? Pretty good. Your beard's growing back. Nice and uh, strong. <laughs> Nice I'm glad of, it is. I'm fact. glad it is. I'd be devastated if it didn't. I think uh, my whole identity would be in crisis if it didn't. And uh, yeah, I might stop doing these podcasts. Yeah, it's nice. It's uh, but it's back. It's, it's like, like a, a cottage roof. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yours yeah. is very co- yours is very cottagey also. Yeah, mine's uh, mine. I need to trim it to be honest. It's, it's getting unruly. Um, unruly. Yeah, it's um... back. Back with you. <laughs> Okay, so last week we talked about a film. What film did we talk about? Um, the, Blair, the Blair Witch Project. The Blair Witch Project, yes. Correct. That's trivia. Bear, one. Wait, did you just right? say the Bear, the Bear Witch Project? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a slightly different film. The, the Bear Witch. I'd, wa- I'd, still wa- I'd still watch that. <laughs> Is it like a, a hairy, a hairy, uh, <laughs> a hairy, chubby homosexual man? It's like Yogi Bear mixed with the witch. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. He sacrifices oh. the, the camp kids. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so t- today we're talking about um, if it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. Um, yeah. And Ben, what the hell is it about? Uh, the Babadook. Well, what is it about? I mean, it's, a, it's, it's an about? interesting one. Oh, what the hell? Um, so the Babadook is a 2014 Australian-Canadian psychological horror film. Written and directed by Jennifer Kent in her directorial debut. Uh, the film stars Essie Davis and Noah Wiseman, and it is based on the 2005 short film Monster, which was also written and directed by Jennifer Kent. Um, it's about a single mother plagued by the violent death of her husband who battles with her son's fear of a monster lurking in the house, but soon discovers a sinister presence all around her. Is it Australian Canadian? Then I didn't. Apparently. I didn't, I didn't... I don't know. I don't know how that marriage works, but um, yeah, apparently it is. Hmm. Uh, so this is what the Empire Magazine has to say about it. Uh, slightly missold by a trailer that made it look like a standard 
their impressive monster movie. The Babadook's greatest trick is not really being about the title of the thing at all. Uh, rather, it's a film about a mentally unraveling mother's difficult relationship with a young son. Uh, young son. Uh, the duck itself is just another spanner in the works, subverting expectations. The film seems to set up an Amblin-style hijinks from a resourceful kid, but those elements never come to pass, and his backpacker tricks is ultimately useless. The rules are right there in the creepy storybook. You can't get rid of the Babadook. The eventual solution for its defeat, but not eradication, is something like genius. Um, so this film's got 98% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's the highest so far. You look 98? Inf- you, you, don't, you don't look impressed. You don't like you agree with the tomatoes. <laughs> That's that's like that's insane. That's I mean that's super fresh. That is that's super a tomato. Fresh. That's a tomato just straight off the vine. Yeah, straight off the vine into the gob. It's got eight six percent on Metacritic, and three and a half out of four from Mr. Ebert, um, which I think is the second best film from from Ebert. I think we had a four out of four. Yeah, that he gave the Blair Witch four out of four, didn't did it? it? Oh, okay, yeah. I think um, he did. I think there may have been a couple of four out of fours actually. Yeah. But um, 98% fresh. That's cr- I wasn't expecting that. I mean, it's a good that's film, absolutely. but that, that is good. Uh, okay, so have you seen this film before? Uh, what are your initial thoughts? Um, I've never seen this film before. I think you've never seen it before? It came... I think, I've, I think I've been shot by that before. But you've never seen it before? <laughs> you've never bloody seen it! <laughs> Jesus! I think when it when it came out, um, it kind of pre- it was presented as like a, a very standard... I thought it was an American film, um, a very standard sort of like American horror film where a kid is plagued by some sort of unseen force or ghost. Um, and I just didn't like the look at the trailer. It kind of looked a bit lame. Uh, yeah, so I avoided it for this whole time. Hmm. Uh, then I, and obviously it is completely different to how the trailer and the marketing, I guess, kind of portrayed it. Yeah. Um I can, see, totally I can see why they portrayed it in the way they did, to get bums in yeah. seats and tickets sold. Yeah, I mean, just from looking a bit into it, I think it didn't do so well on its initial release um, in Australia. Yeah. Um, so when it was given like a bigger release, they sort of marketed, marketed it slightly differently. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, what did you think, Luke? Well, I mean, so, so I, I thought the same thing. I thought it was going to be like an, not even like one of like the insidious style films or you know those sort of popular american horror films at the minute i thought it was going to be because i knew it was australian i thought it was going to be sort of a low budget not a rip-off but a low budget attempt at doing what those american horror films are doing um but then like, i think a few friends were telling me they need to see it it's super creepy and i watched it back then liked it i didn't love it i watched it again this time and i think i'd i don't know i don't, I don't think i love it but i do like it more this time now i'm sort of looking yeah. more into it i think there, there is there is some depth there that's just it is a lot there's a lot more to it than those american films yeah yeah there's way there's way more to it like yeah. you think about every every single thing that it kind of um puts forward um and explores and there's a lot of uh yeah is is, is a lot deeper and a lot more intense yeah. than those films and there's not really like it's, I mean, it's it is creepy, and I did find myself a little bit like, "Oh God, what's going to happen?" I think it's because I was anticipating the type of jump scare you yeah. would get in a yeah. film like that, um, which it kind of felt like it was setting up a lot of the time, but it didn't really pay off on, which I kind of liked. Yeah, I think the scare the scarier bits were there. There were some very odd moments. Um, there was a lot of cool stuff going on in terms of like cinematography and uh, mm. little. You know, very unique little nuances that I noticed um, throughout. 
Um, I don't know if I agree with the Empire guys saying that it's an ambling like resourceful kid. Because uh, this kid is a shitbag. <laughs> <laughs> he can be as resourceful as he wants to be, but kids from the Amblin films, you're you're rooting for them and you're loving them. Yeah. This kid, you're like, no, mate, give it a rest for the love of God. There's a <laughs> The kid is something else. Um, well, I mean, the... and that's testament to him as an actor, because yeah. throughout, I mean, I mean, I think you kind of feel sorry for him occasionally, but most of the time, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's portrayed the way he's portrayed, so you can kind of feel like you understand the mother's anguish and yeah, the mother's yeah. grief and the mother's sense of <laughs> um, helplessness. Yeah, he's portrayed as that, so you get on board with her. But my God, they picked my God, the, the kid with the whiniest, like he hits a certain frequency when, it, you know, when he's like kicking the back of the driver's seat and he's screaming, squealing. There's yeah. something <laughs> I don't want to say, like you never want to say you want to punch a kid in the face because it's, it's wrong to say it, obviously. But I'm pretty sure uh, that, that's probably what they were going for. I mean, I think you kind of supposed to put in the mother's shoes, but I really want to punch that kid in the face. If it was the purge and all bets were off, you'd be punching that kid <laughs> in the face. That's what you're saying, isn't it, yeah. Luke? That's not what I'm saying, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know Jennifer Kent, the director, did a great job in in casting the most annoying kids you could find. I find that's one thing that this film has got in common with the American counterparts of these type of films is mm. that the kids are always annoying. There's never a film where you think. The kid, the kid was spot on in that film. Yeah. The kids are always annoying. I mean, we take it back to like uh, the the US remake of The Ring, uh, and then obviously subsequently the American um, uh, remake of The Ring too. Yeah. The kid was the kid was intolerable. Yeah. And it kind of ruined it for me. And there's a few other kids, you know. But but do you I'm feel, just I'm just totally like this, over it. This, those kids are annoying, um, just because they're annoying kids. But this kid was intentionally annoying. You know what I mean? For, for the story. Yeah. And, and, and I can yeah. understand. I can understand he was intentionally annoying, but I'm sure there was a, like an element of he's brought an extra level of annoying <laughs> to, to, to the table. He I can't imagine they've, they've cast him so... They can't, I can't he's imagine the Robert De Niro. He's like Oscar-worthy like, actor, like the, the Daniel Day-Lewis of annoying child acting. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was in character for the first eight years of his life. And then he... Yeah. <laughs> Like he was, he was practicing and he, every and day, and he's only six. <laughs> <laughs> he's been doing yeah. it. He's been doing it before he was even a twinkle yeah. in his dad's eye. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he is, he is, he is a shitbag. Let's be honest. I mean, so I think the the idea is that we kind of feel the frustration of the mum. We're scared. She's kind of scared of the kid because he's sort of a loose cannon, but she's also scared of what she's going to do to the kid, which I think plays into the fear and the manifestation of of the Babadook itself. Um, yeah. I, I got some Tim Burton vibes from this. I don't know about you. It's sort of like a, a much heavier, darker, more dramery Tim Burton vibe. But I think it's just something to do with the the child storybook stop motion yeah. animation bits. I got, I f- yeah, I know what you mean. I got I got a little bit of that vibe. I think it's not just because of the storybook stuff. I think the color palette in this film is just quite washed out. Everyone's mm. quite pale, and obviously that's done on purpose. But um, that's another that's the other Tim Burton vibe I got from it. The, the uh, dark well, circles like the around their eyes. Yeah, the, the house and location is very stylistic as well. Um, it it seems very clean and not like a real house. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't seem like real. It, it almost looks like a house from um, thirty years ago. Yeah, you know something that's something that's really old and lived in. Almost like that they've 
they've um, got that house like it was lived in by her parents or something and they've sort of taken it on ever since then and they haven't redecorated it's got like a CRT Gosh. TV um... yeah also have you noticed whenever they're watching TV there is there's nothing on there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing on well, I was thinking it's like there's um it's it's like old royalty free um stock footage of like old like yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you described as something but the black and white horror disturbing. films old, yeah disturbing imagery and stuff yeah yeah and i'll just be like if if i if i was in a situation where like there was possibly a demonic presence in the house and uh, i was possibly having some sort of mental breakdown yeah. uh, i'll just turn that tv off you know cuz it's not going to be good for you it's yeah. just a lot a lot of horrible stuff yeah. It's it's um this is in terms of like royalty free. I'm sure I heard a few sound effects that I know from yes. games. And, yes, uh, there there was a sound films. effect. Yeah, there was a sound effect that was used at least four times. Yeah, that was. It's almost. It sounds almost like a dog and almost like a T Rex as well. Yes, I know exactly. You know, as soon as I heard that, mean. I was. I'm sure there's a T Rex out there. Was, like that noise is used in the original Resident Evil game. When the Cerberus dogs attack, and it's used over and over again, and that 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 noise has wormed its way into my subconscious, and it must yeah. be a stock footage because I hear it on stuff all the time. Yeah. It's almost like the Wilhelm, what's it, Wilhelm scream type thing. Uh, yeah, you know the weird scream, which is like, uh, <laughs> ah, which you hear in stuff all the time. It's like an Indiana Jones. It's like in, it's like a dozens of films. It was like that every time I heard it. I was like, Do you think it's intentional, or do you think they just didn't have as much money? I don't know. It's hard to say, really, isn't it? Because it's it's quite pronounced that sound effect when it when it happens. Yeah. Because when it goes, I think it's when the Babadook goes into her mouth, and then it cuts to the next day, and you hear like a like that T Rex. Yeah. Dog it's noise. like when it or people's dilate. It sort yeah. of makes that noise, and then later on when we see it again, it people's dilate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but there's a lot there's a lot of uh, metaphor in this film as well, isn't there? And there's a lot of very serious issues I think being tackled in certain ways. Yeah. I mean, there's grief. I'm assuming there's like postnatal depression. Yeah. Um, ha- well, I'm not entirely sure what it's called, but hating your kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know this is this is all this is all pretty serious stuff and pretty and obviously stuff that was very relevant. To, yeah, and the kids got the his story. own issues. He's scared of the monsters yeah. under the bed. Um, yeah, no, no, there's no father figure in their life, and obviously they're, they they kind of like blame each other. Yeah. for the fact that there isn't because obviously their dads died for whatever reason so i mean it's all pretty deep yeah very intense sort of subject matter um yeah. i think it's dealt with pretty well um in places it feels a bit overcooked maybe. yeah okay uh okay a bit, so chew- a bit chewy <laughs> a bit chewy um okay cool so the key players in the film uh basically got the two characters uh amelia who's the mum and samuel who's the the annoying child uh, so, so I think the first the first shot uh, in the title sequence is that one where I think it's the car crashing. Um, I think the idea is that um, they're on the way to uh, maternity ward. She's about to give birth, and the car crashes, and that's when the the father figure Oscar dies. And then it cuts to this shot of them lying in the bed. This is before the actual film has properly started. Um, they're lying in bed, and uh, the mother, Amelia, is far on the right-hand side, facing away from her son, and Samuel's facing her back, and there's like a like a, a vast distance between the two of them. And I mean, that kind of just tells you exactly what the film's about. Like, the kid's kind of lechy, 
won't sleep in his own bed. And she's trying to get away from him, trying to like just uh, retreat inwards uh, and from from like the relationship with her son. And uh, she just wants to be sort of left to her grief. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a good, it's a good establishing shot for yeah. us to uh, work out the relationship between these two characters. Um, and then obviously we find out soon enough exactly why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in terms of the story of the film, uh, so it starts out with pretty much just various um, elements of an annoying kid. So he, he, like, he doesn't go to bed like he wakes up at night. He comes and sleeps in her bed all the time. Um, he says, like, imaginary monsters. He's built these weapons. So I think one of the first shots is is him like with a saw and he's like building this like I have no idea how he made this. I can build this as a um <laughs> yeah. This sort of backpack with this like ball throwing device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you just throw the ball? You know? I'm in a bloody arm like sh- oh actually better velocity, I guess. I don't know. I but know, yeah. yeah, I mean it goes he does it in the modern, doesn't he? She so um she's like, Don't you use that in the house? And he goes, No, look. <laughs> And he, <laughs> he he uses it and it goes straight through the window, yeah. and immediately establishes how annoying the kid is. Like, don't oh, use you... that in the house. Yeah, but have a watch it. Have a look at this. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Yeah, I've done that before. I've uh, I remember playing with like a a table like as if it was a lightsaber and smashing my bedroom light by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Fear. Yeah. What was your, was that was that terrifying for you at the time? Yeah, yeah, you know you hear like the, the footsteps of your mum coming up the stairs. Yeah. Oh no. What was that? Oh, <laughs> I've made a God. terrible mistake. <laughs> I, I remember I left a I left a um, figurine of Michelangelo, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, on a lamp once, <laughs> and it like melted, oh, like no. proper melted. It's not really your and, fault, uh, is it? It's the lamp's fault. It's the lamp's fault. Lamp did it. But <laughs> I remember um, instead of like going, "Oh, mum, get me a new Michelangelo," I just carried on playing with that Michelangelo, but pretended. He'd been in a horrible accident, but he was still like he was still coping. He was like he was just yeah. You kind of uh, when you're a kid like that, you have got his toys, even the messed up ones uh, or like the fake toys that aren't the real <laughs> licensed figures. Yeah, you kind of they have all their own little backstories and they all sort of intermingle. Yeah. Given their establishing character backstories, yeah. and then yeah, that's fine. Yeah. and they and I think even the toys would like make fun of him, going, "Oh bloody, hell, look at the state of you," and he'd be like, "Oh, don't worry about it." Dilly you, pizza. <laughs> did you have like a whole subplot of grief of the the guy who was mentally scarred? I think I did, yeah. Oh. Uh, but I can't I can't go into it anymore. So <laughs> you still got that story? Uh, it's probably it's probably at my uh, mum's house, yeah, yeah, somewhere in the loft. Yeah. So um, I think I've got. A, I used to have a new teenage mutant ninja turtle spoon that I used to have all my fruit corn and yogurts with, and I loved that spoon. <laughs> it just had their, their faces on it. On the like, oh yeah. But it was great. What, what was your favourite fruit corner yogurt that you ate? Strawberry. Classic. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a standard, isn't it? I mean, that's, really that's, that's lovely. Plain. Really, really solid flavour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so, yeah, so the more annoying kid stuff, she has to pick him up from the school because he's... I don't think he's in detail. I think he's, he's, he's been annoying. He's been really annoying again. He's and, done uh, some absolute nonsense yeah. school and they're like come on we've had enough of this we've already told you yeah. time and time again that he's a shit bag and you can't <laughs> seem to accept it yeah um and then i think we, we start to get the, the the idea from all the other adults in in the story that they kind of hate him as well that the teachers yeah. hate him everyone's tired of his shit i mean it's unfortunate isn't it really because the poor little soul i mean he's had a lot to deal with growing up yeah. um and you know his, i don't think his mum has been in the best way 
from start to finish. So it's yeah. not his fault, really. No, no. I mean, he is a shitbag, but it's not his fault. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know? he, he just needs a bit of love. Just needs a bit of love. Um, he needs a lot of love, doesn't he? He needs a lot of love. So it's that night when she brings him home uh, that she reads, which says, pick a book and we'll read the book. And he picks the Babadook book. And the first time you read it, I think it's kind of creepy. I don't think it was that creepy. I don't know about you. No, the first time you read it, it was just a little bit, I suppose it's a little bit odd. But it's just yeah. one, it's reminded me of one of these gothic sort of like fairy tales that you see. Yeah. Um, so even though it's a little bit dark, it's not utterly, utterly terrifying. But like, I mean, a lot of kids' books, those sort of fairy tales are super dark, like and creepy, like of grim fairy tales. You always end up with like people getting beheaded and yeah, people getting eaten, pots cannibalism. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so after the reader, uh, they don't really get to the end of the book because it just cuts, it jump cuts to um, the kid crying and kicking his legs against the bed, saying the Babadook's under the bed or he's under the bed or something like that. Um, yeah. So again, he has to sleep in her bed, I think. Um, so then, there was a couple. There was a couple of good shots during these bits. Like there was a shot where Amelia had her head under the under the covers, and there was yeah. like a really sort of like sped up, sped up. Um, yeah, I like those those sort of elements when they did that. It's um, like a nature documentary, <laughs> like yeah. you know, they speed up like the ants carrying something up the hill or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, like, like and and there was a couple of shots obviously where she was floating down towards the bed. Yeah. It just sort of adds to like the unnatural sort of uncanniness of it all. Yeah. She's annoying as well, though, isn't she, Amelia? She is, but I can kind of see where she's coming from. (laughs) (laughs) You can still see like, like there's still like an essence of the person she used to be, like the way she interacts with that dude who works at the care home with her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they have a little bit of a laugh and joke. Like she's in the she's in the kitchen. He comes in saying, "Oh, oh a woman. She does such rest where she should be in the kitchen." And she goes, "Oh, you, you sexist yeah, pig." Yeah. And they have like a little bit of a back and forth. I mean, she's, yeah, so seems can... like there is a bit of normality in her. Like she's not completely messed up. Yeah, but when she's away from Sam, the little the little uh, yeah, it's a good dude, point. Yeah, yeah. When she's away from him, it's kind of like, yeah. But yeah. yeah, when we see the other people, like her sister, it is her sister, isn't it? You are right, because she also plays about with a bingo calling. Like, it's a shit job, but she's having a bit of, not fun, but she's trying to make a joke of it all. And that's only, yeah. it's only when she's not with Sam. Yeah, that she kind of, like, seems a bit more normal. Yeah. Yeah, don't muck about with a bingo calling, though. I mean, that's, that's serious stuff. <laughs> that's serious stuff. There's someone there who's on the on the brink of winning that game, and yeah. you've just gone five billion. No, don't muck about with these things, not even, right? It's not even particularly witty. No, <laughs> it's they, people got bragging. People got bragging rights in the care home. Who's winning the bingo? Yeah, you know, if, if you won the bingo for the day, you know, you can do what you want. Basically, for the rest of the day, you can eat what you want. You can just do anything you want. You can get the best chair. <laughs> best chair. Yeah, I, I don't know about the the intricacies of uh, uh, old people life. <laughs> uh, you you will do. I will so do. Yeah. Get get. <laughs> Unless I you know snuff it. Only the but, good die young, Luke. Yeah. I'm not saying you're not good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, you know, it's more like weird. There's something. There's some weird noises uh, in the house when they're trying to sleep and that kind of thing. Um, she she attributes it all to uh, Sam's behaviour, but he keeps saying it's the Babadook. Uh, it's so the bloody Babadook. It's, it's that Babadook again. Um, so she rips up the book, 
Did she burn it? No, she didn't burn it yet. I think she just ripped no. it up and puts it in the bin. She rips it up and puts it in the bin because she's sick of Sam going on about a Babadook book saying, the Babadook's doing this, Babadook's doing that. Yeah. So she goes, have this. Book's ripped up in a bin. How do you feel about that, Sam? Yeah. Oh, look at you. You're screeching again. <laughs> so, yeah. So this it really starts ramping up now with, with the kid. So it's at the birthday party. Uh, so it's it's Sam's cousin. It's birthday party. She's a little girl. She's popular. She's got a, a little, what do you call those houses? The playhouses in the back garden. Wendy House. Wendy House. She's got. It's like raised house. off the ground as well, isn't it? Yeah, she's got. She's got like all these friends running around. Did it? She's dressed. She's dressed like a princess. She's dressed like a princess. Um, and then she. Uh, I can't remember her name. The woman Amelia. She's talking to her sister. Um, yeah. And the, I think the tram's not normally, but um, the conversation is a little strained. Uh, you can tell. Yeah. You can tell she, she hates the, the kid as well. Well, she, um, I think she says it at this point. She does. I think, I think her sister says oh, she can't yeah. bear it. I can't stand can't, your... can't stand your little shitbag of a son. <laughs> That's a bit mean, isn't it? Yeah. But then she, then she says, I don't think you can either. And uh, and then whilst she's like, happening... Oh you, oh, you got me. Got my number. Yeah. And she's, no, he's, he's a good boy. He's really good. Don't, don't worry about it. And whilst that's happening, Sam pushes uh, the girl, the birthday girl, out of the... Yeah, when well, she is winding him up big time. You know, yeah. he's in the corner and he's cowering, and she's going, "You ain't even got a dad, mate. You're scum," <laughs> or something like that. She's she's really having a she's yeah. really having a go at him. This is probably one of the times I felt sorry for Sam, even yeah. though he's been screeching like a like a mother of fucking like uh, this whole time or something. Yeah, like a Zubat. I, I felt a bit sorry for him at this point. You know, he's, he's, it's not his fault. Yeah. And Ruby's Ruby's giving him shit, yeah. and she won't shut up. She's really giving it that, and she gets her comeuppance essentially, which is pushed out of Wendy House, and her nose gets flattened. Like, <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. She, she, I mean, it's, it's pretty. I was kind of expecting him to moonsault out of there uh, <laughs> <laughs> onto her on the ground to finish her. My off. God, my <laughs> God. Yeah. Um. So then, obviously. So then, he doesn't do himself any favours because everyone's like looked at this kid who's just uh, suplexed the birthday girl out of the window. <laughs> and, yeah, um, he's gone, it won't, it won't bloody me. She was going on about not having her dad. It's like, no one cares about that now, mate. You yeah. just suplexed her out of the window. You shouldn't yeah. have done that. That yeah. was out of order. Should have wrote a novel about it or something. You know, bury it deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so she's dragged this, but oh my God, this kid is so annoying. At this point, I was watching this with Kat and Kat was like, I don't think I can watch anymore. <laughs> Because he's so annoying. So they're driving away from the birthday, and she's the mum's super pissed. Sam's in the back screaming about the Babadook, and he's kicking the back of a chair, the driver's seat chair, and like it's so it's fever pitch. It's like oh my god, I, is this if this is what parenthood is like? You know, you are you are a parent. I'm not, but I I, <laughs> I don't know. Can you relate to her in any way in this? Um. I guess so a little bit, but I mean, this kid's extreme. This kid's of extreme. So, yeah. you know? I mean, I will so, yeah. only tolerate any of that. I'll yeah. be like, no, mate, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so annoying. And then, um, and then it cuts to uh, he has like a seizure or, or something. Like he starts saying he's sitting the yeah, so in the in the car. He kind of like looks up into the corner of the car, just like out of nowhere, and he's like, oh my god, is the Babadook? The Babadook, obviously, um, the, his mum at this point is like, what the hell are you talking about? You bloody nutcase. <laughs> And uh, yeah, then he has then he has a little fit. Yeah, uh, and then we cut to um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a scene where she's at the pediatrician and she's like, you know, 
drained. He's like, look, just give me some drugs for the kid. Like he's there's something wrong with him. He need I can't I can't bear to do this anymore. The kid is so annoying. And me Kat even said it would cut to a scene later on and the Babadook would be saying the same thing to the same pediatrician. He's like, I can't do this anymore. That kid <laughs> <laughs> That kid, there's something wrong with him. Um, I've been trying to taunt. I've been trying to taunt this kid. <laughs> Every time I usually taunt a new kid, you know, they get terrified, and you know, this one's got traps and so and different whiny. things. Can't home alone. So home al- he's tra- he set the app- house up like Home Alone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's just too much, to be fair. Yeah, but uh, I think does he? Yeah, so she gets some tablets for him. Yeah, some like tranquil, some yeah. like tranquilizers, didn't she? Like, is it rid- Ritalin? Is that the, what it's called? You might be riddled with it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Riddle it. Um, uh, you know the ADHD drug? I think it's, it might be called Ritalin. Yeah, yeah. So sure. that's the thing. They don't really talk about ADHD too much. I mean, or if the fact if this kid could be on the autistic spectrum, they never really mention anything like that. It's kind of like, but maybe, maybe this whole Babadook thing is a representation of Men, like some sort of mental illness for both of them really isn't it yeah like, yeah whether it's adhd for him or depression for her it kind of represents something and i think it? i think it kind of shows um when she gets the tablets for him obviously it doesn't work um if in, if anything is sort of that's when things start to get worse so it's not it's obviously mm. not the way to treat whatever the issue is yeah um so it's it's, it's the, um, the morning after. So he's had his sleepy pills, um, and then it's the morning after the, the the Babadook book is back on the doorstep. And I found this yeah. this this was one of the most terrifying scenes in the film. I thought when she reads the book for the second time, and there's more pages added. Because it's someone's pretty someone's pretty good at making a pop up book, though. Oh yeah, I was like, that's this. genius. Like if you could make pop up books like that and make them as creepy as that, because so she opens it, it's the same as before. But then it goes further in the story, so it's like um, it has her strangling. Like it pops up, it has a cut out of her strangling the dog, and then I don't know how they do it. I don't think you could do this in a real pop-up book, but it's sort of the neck snaps. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then um, yeah. has her killing the kid as well, strangling the kid. Um, but it's like the way it's shot is so jittery and so, and the sound effects are so on point. It, it's one of the scariest parts in the film. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I like that pop-up book. I want to read it. Yeah, me too, yeah. <coughs> um, so, obviously, she, she gets rid of the book and she burns it. Um, and then... Oh, no, she gets a phone call from the Babadook as well. Yeah. And we hear his Babadook. voice for the first Babadook. time. Babadook. Yeah, I mean, this, how did you feel about this voice? I wasn't too keen on it. I thought it seemed a little bit cheesy for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the phone call of it calling the... I think it would have been just as effective if the Babadook didn't ring up to have a little chat with her. Yeah. Um. Because you know we've got long. As far as we can see, he's got ever such long fingers. So I don't yeah. know how to dial the number. Yeah. Really. But uh, yeah, it kind of, <laughs> it kind of gives ba ba da. But he didn't like say that, the duck. This is like uh baba. <gasps> it's just like a in like a pig squeal. Like <laughs> a, yeah. <laughs> so it's <a> bit, <laughs> it's sort of like a um a guttural hardcore uh, death metal voice like yeah. war, it's like a death metal warm up. I think is the best way to... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah. Um, but it would be a good, a good front man for a grindcore band, possibly. <laughs> I just thought because when I when people were telling me to watch it, they said it's super creepy and the way he talks is super creepy. But I didn't find that. I just found it kind of cheap. The the, the voice sound effects. Yeah, it wasn't the best, was it? Um, it was a little bit. Do- it was a little. I guess it was a little bit spine tingling, but almost just mm. a just. A, I don't know. It wasn't massively effective, but the book. I think the book was effective. Yeah, the book. The book uh, was enough for me. And after after she burns the book. Uh, she gets the phone call and then then she goes to the police, and obviously to tell them all about the book, which she's just burnt. So they're like, you burnt the book. I do you think what the police doing? are a little bit uh, non-helpful here? Like, I think non- unhelpful police is kind of a, a cliche. You know, I watched Get Out the other day, and um, they're in that as well. Like the really super unhelpful police. Yeah. But um, so she's. Th- I mean, I suppose what they're supposed to do because it's just a book. But like, she did get a phone call. Shouldn't they look into that? And yeah. And they're like, what did he say? Well, I didn't really say anything, just making noises and stuff. Or, well, if he didn't say actual words, yes. then we're afraid. It can't, we can't put that down as somebody, somebody possibly stalking you. If he didn't say actual uh, words, then how can we be sure uh, that it's a, person. it's a person? Yeah. I can say, if he said actual words, he wouldn't be that scary. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the fact oh, that he's not saying, <laughs> yeah. It's the fact that he's not saying words that it's creeping me the hell out. What, uh, mate? Your son is a right shit bag. Just, just dial-up connection. How do you like my new book I made for you? That took fucking hours. <laughs> <laughs> that took hours. And you've yeah. just burnt it on a barbecue. You didn't what? You burnt it. <laughs> ah, all the time. The man hours. I was going to put that on Etsy. It would, it would sell quite a lot on Etsy. It'd um, do really well on Etsy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what happened? Oh, yeah. So uh, the police don't believe her. And they then she sees a coat... This coat I've, I seem to see throughout the film. Uh, it's like a coat and a hat, like on the on a rack, and it looks like the Babadook. Did she see anything happening there? Like the hands, creepy hands, or something? No, I think she just okay. sees it. She kind of just goes all, oh. and then because her, her hands are all all uh, covered in soot from burning the book, they, she yeah. kind of like goes, "Oh no, don't look at me hands." Yeah. Uh, I wonder if there's something there. Like she's got black fingers, like the Babadook. Maybe she's becoming the Babadook there, symbolically. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows the director? Irrelevant. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what happened after that? So I think it's the, like the the actual scene now, isn't it? The Babadook 
nighttime <clears throat> scene. Yeah, well, we kind of we kind of get the impression that they've they become like sort of isolated and quite shut in for quite for quite a number of days here. Hmm. Um, is is that not right? Where they kind of like just they stay in the house and kind of like just start going into a bit of a downward spiral together where she's yeah she's kind of lo- she's kind of losing it and Sam's Sam's sort of under the under the influence from these tranquilizers so he's kind of like constantly tired or scared or yeah she's like yeah. she's got the headaches and toothache and stuff right um oh then, yeah toothache she she goes that is terrible I hate having toothache so she goes to bed um there's a noise at the door it's kind of creepy she opens the door the little dog runs in by the way I was Scared for this dog now. After seeing like the um the the book, it kind yeah. of tells you exactly what's going to happen. I was super scared for the dog. Um, but she lets the dog in. <laughs> yeah, it's always the dog that gets it. Um, <laughs> and then she and then the, the noise is still there, and then the babadook creeps across the ceiling and leaps like swan dives into her throat. What did you think about that? Yeah, scene? did you find it creepy? I find this a little bit creepy, yeah. So you kind of like sh- the door opens, you see sort of like a shape or a shadow or something move. At, at, sorry, in into the room, yeah, and then into the shadows, and then it kind of like weird stop motion, yeah, odd odd. It didn't really see the Babadook. It's kind of like a weird, dodgy shape, isn't it? At this point, yeah, almost looks a bit, almost looks a bit like Venom from Spider Man Three. Yeah, at he, this point, he reminds me. He's kind of got like a whole voodoo look to it like Papa Lazarou you know League of Gentlemen yeah. um, sort of thing going on it's incredible it's an incredible amount like that exactly yeah. I, I thought I thought that so I mean but you never really see yeah um, per- perfectly don't you you don't really see him perfectly uh, also like looks like a bit like the spirit of jazz from uh, Mike Bush as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, could, I could have thought um, but yeah, you don't really see it perfectly, or it's, or if it, if you do, it's kind of like a weird series of shapes, and you don't see yeah. anything clear. You don't ever see like a face or anything as such, do you? Yeah, yeah. Um, start, I think it was kind of. I do think it's a cool character. I don't know if I needed to see. I kind of wish it was a bit more just in the shadows and just like I didn't want to see his white face or anything like that. And I don't have to stop motion yeah. stuff. I don't. I don't really like the. The camera going into the mouth thing. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah. I don't know. It kind of makes me feel like I'm not watching a um, a horror film, and I'm watching I don't know, like an art film or something, like a, a yeah. student short film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess so. At this point, that's obviously supposed to be a representation of the Babadook is is taking her over. The Babadook is getting inside her, getting under her skin. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I think it was at this point I sort of realised that. The Babadook was a representation of something else, rather yeah. than like a physical monster or a physical presence or something like that. Yeah, um, they're not. Cur- about- they're not cursed. They're not. It's not like a witch thing. It's not. It's just a. It's not like a demon. It's not like um. What's that film called with the um the creepy face like that um when he comes through TV screens and stuff. There's been a load of them recently. I'll, I'll remember it. Um, I think it's another Blumhouse film. Come through TV screens. Yeah. I don't know. Modern. Yeah, modern, super modern. Uh, it's like paranormal activity. No. No. Uh... Comes through the TV screen at Jeremy Kyle. Jeremy he make, Kyle he, makes, he makes the kids kill the. Uh... 
He makes the kids kill the um the adults. Well, I don't know. Oh well, I'll, I'll remember it and we'll come back to it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so that's so, so essentially. I think she's been possessed, not possessed, but she's the Babadook is now inside her. Uh, so the seed has been planted. We start to get a lot more sort of weird scenes. So there's the bit with the bugs coming out of the wall. Yeah. Um, there's the bit with the bugs in the car, uh, and they like appear and disappear. Um, and then it sort of she has like the various visions. So it's like she's watching a weird TV with the royalty free videos, <laughs> and like the Babadook I think appears there. Uh, so he's, yeah. he's basically like he's like sort of plaguing her now. Like he's um, he's sort of everywhere. And then she sees, I think downstairs in the basement, which is where they keep all of uh, Oscar's the, the dead father's stuff. I mean, that's where she she goes down there. And she sees Oscar, uh, and he says, "Bring me the boy," or or something along those lines. Yeah, and and his voice is quite distorted and yeah, strange in that. Yeah, there's another part where she's washing up and she looks across the. Her like elderly neighbor who's just sat there watching TV, just relaxing, oh, and yeah. uh, then she kind of looks back down at what she's doing. And when she looks back up, there's like a figure stood behind her. Um, but she yeah. sort of like smashes a plate, and then suddenly Sam appears again. Mommy! <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah. And then and then the figure's gone. I think that was that was quite effective. That yeah, was quite creepy. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so, after I think after Oscar's asked uh, for the boy in the Babadook's sort of weird, creepy voice. Um, is that when is that when it all shit hits the fan? And she ki- well, she she starts to lose her shit pretty extremely, doesn't she? Um, mood swings. She kind of goes back and forth from saying she's saying, uh, "Oh Sam, I'm so sorry," to the next minute telling him to go eat shit. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he just comes up and says, "Look, mum, I'm hungry. I want to eat something. I'm hungry. I'm bloody starving." She's like, "If you're so hungry, why don't you go why eat don't shit?" You eat shit. And then obviously she feels bad about that. <laughs> That's too and far. She goes, Even if you're possessed sorry. by like a demon, you you should never really tell a kid to eat shit. Yeah, there must be a moment where she said that, and then she just went. She had a little quiet moment with the Babadook, and she went, "Look, look, I know you're possessing me, and you're making me basically evil. But don't tell, don't make me tell my kid to eat shit. And you know, that's that's harsh." I uh, I always wonder about like the little actors in these. Like you know, when you get little kid actors yeah. in in adult films. Yeah. Like big props to a kid who can. I don't know, like. See an adult do that, and then not sort of be mentally scarred in some way. Yeah, or laugh. Or laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So the mood swing. So she's like sat. She's like nursing her headache, and then the dog runs in, uh, Bugsy. Um. And then, unfortunately, you know, the inevitable happens. She gets the dog, and uh, breaks its neck, and sort of just drops it on the floor. And then she pulls a tooth out as well. Just drops that yeah. on the floor as so well. Yeah. So the tooth, the tooth that she was obviously that was hurting her. Yeah. She pulls pulls that right out of her gob. Killed yeah, a yeah. dog, pulled her own tooth out of her bare hands. I mean, that's a that's an intense Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then she and she starts going after Sam like she just wants to. And this is kill so him this is well. the bit where it's got the the ambling stuff. So she, he starts to try to use his weird little backpack that throws balls. None of it really his little, anything. His little, his little Ghostbusters backpack. <laughs> Like, did, did they really need all that stuff? Like, okay, so I understand that he's sort of been preparing for um, th- this sort of monster attack or whatever's happening now, but... The, but now, you, now he's using it on his mum. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that backpack, and um, I feel like that backpack is too advanced. It's almost like Home Alone style. It, it's the next level of Home Alone. It's like building machinery. 
what this film attack. needed was a montage of this kid building all this stuff set to the Home Alone soundtrack. Yeah. Um, See, I don't think he should. I think he should have just had like a baseball bat or something believable, like more natural. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because he's because he gets a bit slapstick now because she starts it running does, down the stairs yeah. into the basement with him, and he pulls a sort of bit of string and it trips her up. And he's like, "Doing? Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got the the Carry On films are like making a comeback again. Um, I genuinely almost fell off my chair. There. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> it goes quite far back, and I keep forgetting. Okay, far back it goes. God, that's scary. That could that could have been the end. That would have been a good little moment for the horror hangout. I believe. That fell off <laughs> Whilst making that noise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So I yeah, I, so I, I don't think he should have gone that slapstick with it, but um, you know, no. whatever you want to do, stair film. Um, <laughs> so then we have like uh, she knocks herself out or something. He wakes up and Sam's tied no, he, her down. He, no, he knocks her out, doesn't he? He she <laughs> he hits her with like a fucking with a fire extinguisher or something. He's like, ah! and then she wakes up all tied up. Yeah. She she's she, pretty scared. She's pretty scary at this point. Yeah, she's completely babadooked out. Um yeah. she gets her hand out of the, the, the knot and she strangles the kid. And then whilst he's strang- while she's strangling the kid, she just sort of gently caresses the face. Um so she stops throws up some inky black um, squid ink. Squid ink, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think that's her like expelling the, the demon or the the Babadook. To a degree. Yeah, it's kind of like a bit... It's kind of like a physical representation of her mm. expelling the demon, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know if, that, if it worked for me as much. Yeah, because I think this is when it gets really metaphorical. Like, it, it's completely like lost any sense of being an evil entity because um so, so i think they think they got rid of the babadook but then he's still there i think he starts throwing the kid around like um yeah he drags the kid up the stairs yeah, they, yeah. So they obviously have a moment where they're like i think we're all right now god oh, don't worry i'm so sorry and he just goes poor kid but i did i did kind of find that a bit funny <laughs> yeah I imagine like Eddie, Eddie, Eddie got that effect to work yeah. on what they were what they were doing to him. Yeah, just, just dragging him up the stairs <laughs> by a piece of by a piece of rope. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was quite funny. I did, I did, I did, I did laugh at that bit. Yeah. and he was getting he was getting slung around the room like a like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. Um. Uh, so then, uh, then it makes her watch uh the husband dying over and over again in the car crash. Again, it gets a bit student art filmy for me. Um, but then, I'm not, I'm not even sure what happens there, but she basically says no and she stands up. I think it's the first time she hugs and embraces her kid. Uh, I think for the first time, it's her hugging her kid. Um, mm. And I think maybe that's the whole the metaphor is a turning point where she yeah. does that. And uh, the, the Babadook goes into the basement. And, uh, that's where yeah, it, this, I thought this stuff was kind of all right with the Babadook like in the shadows and her sort of like confronting it. Yeah. There was a weird, there was a weird bit where it was like from the Babadook's point of view where it kind of like it sort of like lit up her face and she was sort of like she, oh, yeah, it's yeah. like she it's like she saw it face to face for the first time. Yeah, and that and then that was the realization that she knows what it is now. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that and that now she can sort of like tackle it head on. Yeah, but yeah, then it goes into the basement. And she goes and locks it in there. And then yep. so, I, do, I do kind of. So if we take this film uh, as a, a purely sort of 
metaphor film. It's like, it wears the metaphor and it's stupid quite, you know, heavily. Um, so then it's almost like the grief or whatever this dark thing is that's, that's been there since the, the husband and father died, that, that sort of separates her from her kid. It's now they've, now she's sort of realized what it is. She embraces her kid and she's able to never get rid of it because you can't get rid of the Babadook, the, the grief. It's always going to be there, but you can put it away and sort of yeah. overcome it in a way and live with it. Yeah, so it's always going to like linger in the background, but yeah, you have to move on, live with it, and yeah. uh, eventually get better. But yeah, she's feeding it like earthworms and soil. Well, it, and yeah, stuff. That's, how, that's how it ends, isn't it? So it ends with this bit where the, uh, the kid's doing magic tricks. We didn't mention that, but he does magic tricks. And now she's like watching him, enjoying yes. him. She's happy with him, doing some gardening. There's a shot of the dead dog in the garden that I didn't notice the first time. Um, was there where it was just, the dead dog? So as it, as it pans over the flower bed, um, there's like just some white fur in the dog's face, like half buried in the mud. Oh my um, God. Yeah. So like they're, they're sort of happy now. Um, and then they sort of get some worms and they take that and they feed that to uh, the Babadook. Which I thought was kind of, I don't know what, what that means, what that represents. Why is it suddenly eating worms? Yeah. I don't know. But it seems to like almost it tries to go for her, doesn't it? It's like, come on, Ned, oh, yeah. and she goes, just calm down, just calm down, Baba. Get yourself back in the corner, enjoy those yeah. worms. Yeah, it's almost and like it, she, and it she, does. she's she's now equipped to handle that to handle that demon in her basement. So just, yeah, just, just just steady on. I mean, it's met, it's met, almost every bloody shot is probably littered with metaphor, like yeah. all over the all over the shop, um, which is good. Does it does it sort of help the narrative of this film? Maybe not, because I think it like meanders a little bit. This film stuff just kind of happens all over the place, and yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, you, so you kind of find both of the characters super annoying as they sort of push each other away, and then once they get over it, they seem to be. I think they kind of win you over a bit towards the end. I don't. By the end, I'm not that angry at the kid. I just kind of realised that they're, they're not they're not super annoying anymore. By the end of it, they're just annoying. <laughs> Just, just plain <laughs> annoying. Um, but I mean, so yeah, it's it's almost like I, I just don't feel like when you watch a horror movie, we're, we're as used to seeing something that is so um, full of simile and metaphor, and we're kind of used to seeing films where the the the, the plot and the story is actually happening. You know, it's like there's an actual physical entry, and like that all of the subplot and all of the themes are kind of hidden away to a certain degree where you, on like a, sec, like a few watches you start to pull away, like with uh, Drag Me to Hell. So I do feel like there are subplots yeah. and sub-themes there, but I think they're so well hidden in the narrative. It's only there when you sort of start to pick away it. Whereas this, that is the story, that is the film. And the, mm. the plot is almost, um, and the demon almost takes second stage. Yeah, I, think it, I do think story. it kind of suffers a little bit mm. from that. Yeah, I mean, I know it's presented as like a psychological horror. Yeah, um, but it does feel like a sort of a real, a real exploration of sort of the psychological horror side of things. Yeah, I think you've got to give it props for for doing it in this different, unique way. Um, yeah, but oh, it's, it's definitely very unique. I mean, I, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you think about it, the only no characters die apart from the dog. That's kind of unusual for a horror film. Um, so it, it, I don't, I don't think really this is another one of those cases of it's not really a a full-on horror film, if that makes sense. It's a drama. It's like a, it's a yeah. relationship drama. Mm. Um, okay, so are you ready for some... Oh, in fact, um, we've kind of talked about the directing staff throughout the 
the, the bit there. You know, it's got the, the, the washed out colors, Tim Burton-esque sort of shadows, mm. um, stop motion, jittery stuff happening. Um, but it was only jump scares that we didn't talk about or shit your pants moments. For me, the pop-up book is the main one. Yeah, I don't think there were really any, any jump scares. It was kind of, as I said, it kind of felt like it was setting up for a certain jump scare that you were kind of expecting, and it didn't really hit home as you expected it to. But that was good, yeah. you know. I want, I didn't really want that. Yeah. I don't think it necessarily needed it. Um, shit your pants moments. There are a couple of creepy bits, like where the Babadook was kind of like it came, it came out of the chimney at one point. It was sort of like, and she was crawling away ever so slowly. I thought that was quite creepy. Yeah, I think it's because yeah. I expected to see something a little bit different, than eventually I did. Um, so this is the every, first time you watched it. Are you? happy with the film being on this list and being in, like in the top 50 horror films of all time um i don't think it's i it was even though i hadn't seen it hmm. th- this being included on the list i was a bit like really is this film really included on the list yeah. and from watching it again i guess the way the list is going um the fact there are some classics some um stuff stuff from decades ago the hammer horror stuff and then obviously uh the the sort of classics that you would, would expect to be on there. The fact that this was on there, I mean, it's only a few years old. Um, and from what I knew of the film, I was a bit like, didn't really expect it to be on there. Now I've seen the film. I don't know if I necessarily want to include it in the top 50, my top yeah. 50 anyway. Um, but I guess it has its place. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, okay. So are you ready for some trivia? I, I think some of these things we have kind of mentioned. Uh, so <laughs> You, you you probably get those right. Uh, so, uh, based on a short film Jennifer made in 2005 called Monster. True or false? That is that is very true. Totally true. Jennifer Kent, the director, holds the full rights to the film uh, because she doesn't want there to ever be a sequel. So instead of like Insidious two or all these kind of you know cash grab. Type I don't things, know. You, I, I, if you, if someone made a sequel of this, it would just be awful, wouldn't it? Someone would take it and they go, right, let's do a monster film. Let's get a Babadook yeah. running down a street. Uh- <laughs> yeah, you could, like, it's, a, it's a pretty complete story. You can't really... Yeah. Uh, true? True, yeah. Um, in Hebrew, Babadook means beware, super annoying kid. True. No, false. <laughs> what? <laughs> it does mean something, though. I think it means, like, he comes or something like that. Um, okay, so, a vocal, so I've got here a vocal sample from the opening cinematic of the PlayStation 1 game Resident Evil. It can be heard multiple times during the final confrontation. So the vocal sample, I don't know if it means the one we talked about. Yeah, it's got it. Is, that, is, is, is this, yeah, that's true. Is that genuine? Yeah, it's genuine. So it says a vocal sample from the opening cinematic. Opening cinematic, I'm trying to remember what that is. That's when they're running yeah. through the woods and stuff. Yeah, it's when they're running through the woods and the Cerberus dogs are like after them. So they kind of like, they go, quick, quick, run for that house. And uh, yeah, that is it. So that's, that's actually sound, that's true. That's the sound we're talking See, about. I, that sound, I mean, I didn't know that was actually it. That was just yeah. me saying, I swear that's the sound. Yeah. Obviously, I've got a good ear for Resident Evil vocal samples, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Uh, can you do an impression? Uh, it's sort of stop. like... Like that, that sort of. Oh, oh what? Well, uh, I was just going to do an impression of a line for Resident Evil. Oh. Uh, you were almost a Jill sandwich. Um, but the impression <laughs> of that, that thing is, uh, it's like it goes. Is that wobble bit? In the end? Ah! It's very. Like that. <laughs> it's like a dog slash man, dog, man dog. Yeah. Or T Rex, which or is T-Rex, what it sounds yeah. like a bit as well. It that has been used in something park. else. Then. It makes me think of Jurassic Park. Oh. 
Mm, maybe Dino Crisis or yeah, something dinosaur-y. What a game Dino Crisis I was. It. I Fantastic. It was yeah. uh, so uh, the last piece of trivia, uh, director Jennifer Kent was in the 1998 film Babe, Pig in the City. Gotta be true. It is true. She's an actress. She's been in loads of films. Um, <laughs> Babe, Pig in the City was just one of my favourites. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one, isn't it? Actually, I don't think I've seen that one. I like Babe. Um, Did we ever get a third Babe? Babe, so. Pig in the Circus. Fact, factory. You know, uh, McDonald's <laughs> oh, yeah. did the... Um, when Babe oh, came out, McDonald's had, like, Babe toys and stuff. So kids could play with the the little pig toys as they were eating their... I guess bacon cheeseburger. Bacon cheeseburger or whatever, yeah. I just thought this was kind of weird. Um, because it kind of because the, the whole point of Babe is that you, you know, he's smart and doesn't, you, you don't eat him. That's, oh, oh maybe. I don't eat Babe, mate. No. He's a little square, don't he, Babe? What a square. Yeah. Those <laughs> are his little soft snouts moving little around. Dazzling snout and delicious meat. Okay, so, so we've, got, we've got to grade the film. By the way, you got all those right. Oh, last piece uh, of trivia. Andy Circus? question mark? Is that just... <laughs> So, what did Andy Circus play in this? Well, I don't know. So I'm asking you. He was the kid, wasn't he? He, he was, was the kid. He was the kid. Did you notice, by the way, the, the kid uh, had um, separated teeth. Like, and he looked kind of like the, Babadook, the, the drawing of the Babadook. Or, did like, he? There was, like, there was resemblances there. Yeah, I noticed that. I don't know if it's just because it, he's got a very creepy face, this kid. Like, Yeah, bless him. Yeah. Okay, so, so when they when they were casting this kid, they're like, right, we need to find an annoying kid who's like annoying because the film needs him to be annoying, but also yeah. actually annoying, and we need him to kind of look like this drawing of this Babadook. Yeah, where are we going to find this kid? Let's hold open audition today. Oh my god, we found him. There's this little shit around the corner. He's <laughs> he's perfect. Shit, and, he, and he's yeah. got to be able to act, or is he acting? I don't think he's acting. acting. I don't think he's acting. Right. And said, uh, just you know, imagine something scary is happening. Go on. And he does it. Good kid. Go on. Like I said, he's, he's method acting. He's Daniel Day-Lewis. I've got really hot ears today. You have. I don't know what it is. You've got lovely hot ears. Oh, they're okay. boiling. So, um, so we've got to grade the film. Did you want to go first? Yeah. I'd probably go for a C, possibly. Okay. Okay. I, think a C, I think a C for me. I mean, I did I wasn't massively... I mean, I could, appre- I could appreciate a lot of elements of it. I thought it was well made. Um, but I think sometimes when you watch something and you do feel kind of annoyed by every character. Yeah. Which happens occasionally, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's hard to really like it. And I think in terms of narrative, I think it was lacking quite a lot. I think, I mean, I completely understand what it was doing with a lot of the metaphor and the fact that it was kind of like a representation of a lot of this stuff, like the depression element. And mm. for, for me anyway, I thought that was cool. Yeah, but um, as a horror film, as such, it was unique, which is I quite like. I, I really like that with horror films. That's my favourite, but um, didn't really do it for me. Yeah, just to um, see. Okay, so I think I enjoyed it more than you. Um, well, I'd say enjoyed is the wrong term, but I, I, I do like that it was very. I, I think in a world like today, where you've got all the almost like creepy pasta films, you know what I mean, like. The whole yeah. sort of Slenderman vibe. I think yeah. they tried to sort of take that and do something quite interesting. Um, you know, the, the whole sort of abstract metaphors throughout the film. 
Um, so I, I, I'm going to give it a B. I, I do like it. I don't know if I want to watch it again. I think this. I, I think to some people this film is an A, but to me, uh, there's something that just doesn't quite vibe with me. Something about it I just don't enjoy. No, it felt like a little bit of a slog to me for something that's only like 90 minutes long. Yeah, there were times it was a bit like, uh, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So what does that? So that gives us a B minus, I think, or. C plus. Yeah. yeah. B for Babadook. Yeah. Okay, so um next week we are talking about <laughs> we've got like three three films that Ben I think is gonna like absolutely love. We've got Bride of Frankenstein next. Is it Bride of Frankenstein? Yeah, I think it is. Nineteen thirty eight. The the three films coming up are all from the thirties. Which yeah. is about fifty years before your cut off, your cliff. Where you don't like films. <laughs> not 50. 40 years, sorry. My, I've hit my cliff, 69. Right, okay. That's not, that's not a dirty thing. Okay, so... My cliff, I think. 30 to 40 years, you know, of, uh, before the cliff. It's still a long time before the cliff. Before no, Ben's no, cliff it, of, it uh, is, of taste. Yeah. But it's just, it's just my own naivety we've got to blame here, you know? It's not, yeah. it's not the film's fault, it's my fault. We say naivety. I'm sure I've heard a lot of Americans say naivete. Like they they have like the accent on the end, and I've oh, always right. thought that wasn't right. I always thought it's naivety, surely. It's nat- nativity. Nativity. No. Nativity. Uh, okay, nativity. so nativity. I do want to quickly mention. Um, so if you watch the or listen to the review of the Void, you, we noticed we we weren't massive fans of it. Um, I do think maybe we were a little bit short with the story. <laughs> like so, uh, I've got a link in the show notes. There's um like an ending explained video of the Void. Which I watched, and it kind of made me realise there's more going on than than what I was giving it credit for. I don't. I sort of think it's a great film. I still think it's a little bit of a disappointment, but there's a little bit more happening here. Um, also, I watched Get Out, and I fucking loved it. I thought it was a great film. Yeah, yeah. It's, Hell yeah. Um, so I don't think we'll review it, but I just want to I, you know put it out there. That I, I think as of today, it is the highest grossing directorial debut with an original screenplay ever. Yeah, you know what it is? the Get Out is not particularly, I don't know, not a particularly amazing film in terms of it doesn't push the boat in any way. It doesn't like redefine cinema, but it is incredibly competent and from a really yeah. unique point it, of view. Yeah, it's quite bold, and I think yeah. um, it's pretty batshit crazy as well. And it's pretty funny. There's quite a lot of bits for us, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely, that. it's definitely yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so. This show is brought to you by the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to, in fact, go to www.theotherstories.net and you'll see all of our other podcasts there. Um, also, become a patron for early access episodes, bonus content, and heaps of free stuff at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovach Kalman for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving us a five star rating review in iTunes and remember to hit subscribe. We got a review, actually. Um, let me quickly get. Oh, by the way, that film I was trying to think of, Sinister. You know. Oh yeah, I've not seen either of those. There's been two, and yeah, I've not seen either of those. Unfortunately, that is like my modern cinema uh, hatred. Films like that, I just avoid avoid films like that any any time. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, I feel like this The Babadook is a, a, a good version of, of that kind of filmmaking. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So thanks to my co-host Ben for being a real horror dude, and uh, yeah, cheers. Thank you. Bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.